you have just popped on to the Hey Friend Podcast, and I'm Kelly Coley, your host. We are jumping back in for part two of A Heart's Desire. We um, hit part one of this last week when we talked about the word desire, and that was definitely a G-rated episode, but today we're going to go a lot more PG um, because we're going to be talking about some trigger words like sex, sexiness, lust, attraction, beauty, intimacy, temptation, purity, and probably others that I'm missing, but I know that's a bunch. Um, But all those trigger words, like I said, is the reason why this has an explicit rating. Um, There's not going to be anything ugly that's shared in here, all truth, but again, it can be a little racy, so it's not meant for small children, for sure. Um, So you're going to be just fine if you are listening and you are a teenager, a young adult, or older. um, Hopefully you will glean something good from it. Um, So we're going to just go ahead and dig right in, guys. Um, And if you're still with me, congratulations. (laughs) You made it past the intro. And so um, I'm hoping, again, like I said, that you're going to not only get some biblical insight, but... I'm also going to be sharing a really private struggle that I've had, Um, so hopefully that perked your ears up a little bit and you can hang in this for the long haul. All right, so for starters, this is a good note-taking episode. I say that a lot, and I think it's always good and important to take notes when you can, Um, but I will tell you that you're probably going to want to take some notes down. And I always encourage you uh, to fact check me, like check, you know, God's word, make sure what I'm saying lines up with what his word says. You always test what people are teaching about the Bible. All right. Okay. So we're going to start by talking about God's design for our physical and sexual desire. And what this begins with is beauty and intimacy. So we see beauty all around us. Specifically, we see beauty in God's creation of humans. Um, And that, as we probably know, began in the garden. Back in Genesis 127, we read that God made us in his image, male and female. And so I'm going to come back to that, male and female. But I want to hone in on beauty right now. Um, Beauty is something we are all given because God didn't make ugly. He, um, he didn't make mistakes, y'all, when he created us. We, as humans, just perceive what we think is ugly or beautiful, but we aren't the decider of what is beautiful. God is. But among, like I said, humans, I know that beauty is in the eye of the beholder. And there are some people who think some are beautiful, while others would say that they aren't. And so, my friends, I want to just let you know, I think that you should recognize beautiful people who come across your path. I think it's completely normal. Um, Nothing is wrong with seeing beautiful men and women, no matter your gender. I notice beautiful women all the time, and I can admire their beauty, but that doesn't make me tempted or lustful or homosexual. And for sure... I see handsome men. So there's that, in case you were wondering. Um, So yeah, I want to talk about intimacy too, because 
Just like in the beginning of creation where there was beauty, God created intimacy. And we see this evidenced in the close, close relationship he had with Adam and Eve. God created relationship. He created this intimacy. And he wants us to have that intimacy, that closeness with him, talking with him, communing with him, worshiping him. He wants us to have that intimacy with him first. But then if God gifts us with a man or woman in marriage, he wants us to have that level of intimacy with that person and with that person alone. And intimacy does not equal sex. We are intimate when we have sex for sure. Okay. But we are also intimate when we give our heart away or we give our emotions to someone. And this is why emotional cheating is such a real hurtful thing because someone else is borrowing the heart of that person and it's a heart that is already joined to another and I could go on and on about that because that is definitely something that I understand um, that level of betrayal it hurts really bad but let me go back to male and female for a few So God made male and made female to complement one another in a variety of ways, but also sexually. It's the whole reason, and y'all are going to love this, just hold on tight, (laughs) is the whole reason that men are like a plug and women are like a wall outlet. Just as you plug in your um, iPhone charger into the wall, God created male and female to literally fit together, to unite. And I know, you guys, I get it. Now you're never going to look at another iPhone charger or wall outlet in the same way. You're welcome. Um, I'm probably going to get like tons of messages now to lead the next sex ed discussion at my kid's school. But um, anyway. It's all good. Y'all get it. But we really, we're made, men and women are made to unite together, to fit together. And so with that tidbit, I want to remind you or maybe tell you for the first time, if you didn't know this, that we are created as sexual beings with sexual desire. And sex is good. Sex and our sexuality is a gift from God. And when that gift is open correctly, it's beautiful. And so there is a book in the Bible called Song of Songs. And specifically um, in chapter 4, verse 10, it says, How delightful your caresses are, my sister, my bride. Your caresses are much better than wine and the fragrance of your perfume than any balsam. Yep, so this scripture is talking about how sex is pleasurable and for the satisfaction of a man and woman. And so let me just give you a quick, like, backstory um, on the book of Song of Songs. So this is, like I said, a book in the Bible, and it talks very vividly um, about this pure romantic love. And it uses descriptive, physical, and even sexual imagery to do so. And so Solomon wrote this book. And 
if you don't know anything much about Solomon, let me just inform you that this was a man who had way too many wives to count. But I don't want that to discount the validity of this book. And here's why. Because there's a specific reason that Song of Songs was put in the Bible. And it very much is to display this romantic love, but it's really to be reflective of God's love for us. The greater love God has for the bride of Christ, which is the church, which is us. Okay? So, yeah, sex is a good thing, you guys, and we've been made to feel in our church communities like it's a very taboo subject at times. But let me go back and clarify this phrase that I said about opening the gift of sex correctly. It was given as a gift from God for a husband and wife. And I'm going to go to scripture again. Um, In Mark 10, verses 7 through 8, it says, For this reason, a man shall leave his father and mother and be joined to his wife, and the two shall become one flesh. So they are no longer two, but they are one flesh, joined together. And I know it made y'all cringe, but, you know, just think about my plug and wall outlet (laughs) that I used. Like, truly, man and woman in marriage are joined, husband and wife. And God made sex specifically for the gift to be enjoyed in the confinements of marriage. And so when it is, it's really good, really healthy really glorifying of God because that's what it's intended for. So I want to lead into um, purity because for these reasons, because sex is such a gift for marriage, it is really good to remain pure until marriage. Like I think no one would really disagree with that. Like if it's If we're Christians and we really believe that this is a gift God gave to husband and wife, then we understand why it would be good to wait until we're married to enjoy it. It's God-honoring to do it, so that's a reason too, for sure. And I know for a fact that God blesses marriages that are able to wait for each other um, instead of just prematurely pleasuring themselves. But I do want to say something about purity because this idea of purity culture has been sometimes very toxic and has even caused trauma to some Christians and not just in Christian Christianity. I mean, it's caused some trauma in other parts of the world um, and other religions too. So I want to be clear that I am not saying sex before marriage is okay because it is not. It is a sin, period. But what happens with purity culture is oftentimes it's teaching young women that their sexiness, that how they dress, their sexuality should be bottled up, hidden 
and shameful. And men are taught that their sexuality and sexiness is wild, can't be tamed, and is shameful. And neither of these are true. Both genders, male and female, should and can practice modesty in the way we present ourselves, right? Both physically and spiritually speaking. And we can practice modesty in the way we stare. Here's what I mean. My favorite Bible teacher, y'all, Lisa Turgerst. She said, you steer where you stare. So we can notice beauty, but when our looks start to linger, it becomes other things like attraction and lust. And then that can lead into temptation and ultimately we can be led into sexual sin. Therefore, that is when a lot of times we're losing our purity. Okay, I know that was a lot, so take a deep breath. (laughs) Now that we've covered God's design for our physical and sexual desire, where is it that we go wrong with His design? So, sexual immorality is how we go wrong. And sexual immorality is a number of things. It's homosexuality. It's having sex before marriage, pornography, adultery, lust, and like I said, so many other things that I haven't even mentioned. And so why does sexual immorality matter? Because it's our body. And if you remember, in Genesis, we talked about how we are made in the image of God. And... We are the temple of the Holy Spirit for those of us who follow Jesus. I want you to listen to this verse. And even look it up. If you're taking notes, jot it down. Highlight it. It's found in 1 Corinthians 6, 18. And it says, Flee from sexual immorality. Every sin a person can commit is outside the body. But the person who is sexually immoral sins against his own body. Do you not know that your body is a sanctuary of the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom you have from God? We sin against our own body, y'all, when we fall to sexual sin. And look, I know temptation is so real. It shows up so perfectly in the form of everything we've ever desired. And that's how Satan got Eve to be deceived. That apple, that forbidden fruit was everything she ever wanted. And Satan is still using that same tactic today. He doesn't have anything new, no new tricks. He's up to the same old stupid stuff. And unfortunately, we fall for it. And I want to let you know that you, my friends, are not alone. You guys, I want to be careful to not go into detail because I think it's important to protect 
my integrity and the integrity of another person. But I have always stood by the fact that I am transparent about my life and I will continue to be. But I've mentioned this before and it's true. There are some things that I only reserve for God to know. And there are some things that I reserve for only God and a trustworthy few who are close to me can know. And so this is a situation um, that I have been in that is one of these that is more private. But what I do need you to know is that you are not alone and that I am not perfect and I have been sexually immoral in my past as a non-believer and even more recently as a follower and a lover of Jesus. I saw beauty. It led to attraction. And remember, those things in and of itself aren't wrong. But then boundaries were betrayed. And before I knew it, I had a soul tie to this person. And it led all the way to sin. As a believer, as a lover of Christ, like, how can this be? And I'll tell you how. Because I am a sinful human, and I'm weak, and I live in a fallen world. But there is good news. Good news for you, and good news for me when we sin. So what I want to do is I want to tell you now how you are forgiven and how you can begin again when it comes to sexual immorality. Friends, God sent Jesus to die for not just you, but for your sexual sin. Let that sink in. Jesus went to the cross to forgive you and to take the penalty, the punishment of your sexual sin. He came for everything you've ever done wrong and everything you will do wrong. And Jesus' goal is to not just save you from those sins, but to also rescue you and me into freedom from repeating them. He came to set the captives free. So if you've struggled with some of the sexual sin that I've mentioned here, You can be forgiven by a good, gracious Savior. And I would want to first invite you to ask Jesus to be Lord of your life if He isn't already. Everything, everything that involves being free and starting a new starts right there with Jesus. Being in relationship with Him. But if you have done that and you are still struggling with sexual sin, or something that you've done that you just, it is just wreaking havoc on your mind, on your spirit, I want you to talk to Jesus and ask him to forgive that thing that you've done, to forgive that addiction that you have. And then you need to forgive yourself and the person 
you may have committed that sin with. And as far as forgiveness, friends, that's it. You've received it. It is done. To telestay is what Jesus says. To telestay. It is finished. He said that as he hung on the cross and died for us. God didn't think of that sin anymore, and neither should you. And then, can you begin again? Can you start over? Absolutely. When I fell into sin more recently, I had so much shame, so much guilt and regret, which is conviction. Um, well, not really. Because that guilt and that shame and all that, that really comes from Satan. That's how he makes us feel after we've dabbled into things we're not supposed to. But the conviction part of it is for us feeling bad, like knowing that we broke God's heart. And so I'm thankful for conviction. That's an indicator that we love Jesus. I really think that if our sin doesn't make us sick, that's not a good sign. So I was super sad, like I said, that I broke God's heart, that I let myself down, that I wasn't stronger, better, holier. But that morning of repentance that I had with Jesus was so sweet. Jesus helped me pick up my broken pieces. He lifted my face and he showed me that he was the one that had the super glue to put it all back together. And he reminded me that morning that not only would he put it back together, but he would put me back together better than I was before the sin. Now that is grace and mercy. God has truly used that bad situation for my good and for his glory. And he's doing it even right now as I share with you. So thank you, Lord, for that. So yeah, it's never too late to decide to stop doing the sexually immoral thing that you are doing. It's never too late to walk in purity and to be set apart again, to start anew. So friend, I invite you to do that just as I've done. Begin again. And then the way that we protect ourselves from the disaster of making sexually immoral decisions is pray for the Holy Spirit to give strength and discernment to us in the face of temptation. Because I promise you, it's not a matter of if you'll be tempted. It's a matter of when you will be tempted. And getting in God's word, even if it's just a few minutes every day, is going to help you ward off the actions that come from being tempted. Try it and see. Get in God's word every day for just a few minutes. And another thing that I've done, and I did before even, was writing out my boundaries for my body. What's the line that I'm not wanting to cross with what I watch? look up or how I'm dating and spending time with another man or if you're a man listening to this spending time with a woman 
that you're not married to. Write out these boundaries and then commit them to your heart. And I don't have a ton of time that I can cover all that I would love to cover about dating and boundaries, but I am sure going to try to do that on an episode very soon. Friends, I love you all so much. And I am super proud of you for sticking out such a difficult and cringy message. I know that this is not the most fun, but I pray that it's the most helpful. God asked me to share this and I've just been waiting for the right time and it was now. So again, I pray that it not just blesses you, but changes you. I pray that you know how beautiful you are and how worthy you are of someone respecting your boundaries and how worthy you are of protecting your God-given gift of sexuality. Guard it with everything you have. Until next time.